Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Alt Kings podcast. I'm your host, Tate, and today I have the honor of speaking with some legends in the Algo space. We have Buddy Man and JoJo. How are you guys doing today? Good. How's it going? Going great. You know, now Algorand's one of those spaces where I haven't really touched up on many projects building in the space. I've spoken to one of the native marketplaces, Rand Gallery, but that's really it. And so I'm happy to be sitting here today with two great artists within the Algorand space and to learn more about your guys' story building on Algorand. So if you don't mind me asking first, we can start with Buddy Man and work our way to JoJo. Buddy Man, how'd you get started in Algorand and where did your journey as an artist start off? So I guess as an artist where my, uh, I've always liked to draw, I've, uh, my father is, is a very talented illustrator. He worked as a, a high school teacher, teaching senior AP English for decades and decades and always just drew on the side. I grew up watching him and for, I don't know, until I, I went to college and graduated in graphic design and started working in graphic design. I kind of stopped drawing because I was working in kind of an art related field. And about 2018, I decided... Uh, working in graphic design wasn't fulfilling like my creative desires. That's when I realized I had stopped drawing and I decided, hey, I'm going to start trying to draw every day. Try to, maybe I'll try to grind Instagram. So like 2018, I started trying to post a piece of art to Instagram, Instagram every single day. And I didn't really get too many great results or anything like, uh, man, maybe like 600 followers, but I never really made any money. I never really saw a path to making money or like I saw people selling stickers and having sticker shops and then opening up, you know, you put out the pop-up tent, you go out to the craft fair and you have prints that you printed and you have to, you, you invest money in all this merch and have to hope and pray somebody comes to your tent and gives you 20 bucks. Yeah. So I mean, I was trying it. It didn't really feel like it was working, and I didn't like the idea of setting up pop-up tents at you know, craft fairs. So uh, I was on. It was, it was right before the pandemic started. You know, running into cryptocurrency. Uh, I had been messing around with Robinhood for a couple of years. Uh, I turned like two thousand bucks into nine hundred. I put the nine hundred on Dogecoin, tripled it, and I was like, "Hey, crypto is kind of cool." From there, got on Coinbase. Uh, Coinbase paid me like five bucks to learn about Algorand. And it, it gave a little slideshow presentation. It said, you know, it's green. Uh, it takes less than a, the entire network runs on the energy consumption, less than it takes to charge a Tesla. It's like three second finality and transactions cost a fraction of a penny. So, I, th I learned about Algorand. I was like, oh, this sounds like a good one to invest in. Not financial advice, but like after learning about the different options, like what it said in those things, I was like, I don't have to pay 20 bucks in gas to buy a $20 thing. That I don't have to pay like 50 bucks to invest in one piece of art that I'm going to mint and hope somebody buys on Ethereum. So that was kind of like my logic. Like, I mean, the the cost of entry was so low. I had a body of artwork that I had already made for Instagram. I was, and one day on Reddit, there was a, a post from Algogems, a different marketplace. They're like, we'll give you five bucks in Algorand if you just go try and use our marketplace. Wow. 
I'm, I was like, okay. So I went on there. I minted a few things. I minted probably like four or five things, not knowing how intense and serious the NFT industry is. Uh, and I had forgotten about it for about 30 days when I saw another post that was on Reddit. It was like, hey, don't forget about Algo Gems. And I went there, looked at it, and I realized I had sold a piece of art for, I think it was like 10 bucks at the time. And it felt like a lightning bolt had hit me. I was like, the path of being an independent artist is available. It's real. NFTs can do that. And I had never really purchased an NFT. I was skeptical myself. So I was like, well, that's a lot of money for a JPEG. What else does it do? Like, so, but like in that moment, I knew like there was a path where you could draw a picture, sell it on the internet and make some money. And I was all in. I like, that's all I needed. I never felt like I had an audience before. And then I just started from that day, just like grinding Twitter, uh, getting on there, being on Reddit, uh, posting my art and sharing my art on there and, and developing a following. And like, I have nothing but good things to say about it as a, as an artist going out. That, that was bad. Bob, artist right? That was bad yeah, I was, yeah, I, I had a picture of Bobby Hill that I had drawn and dressed him up differently with sunglasses. He had a blunt in his mouth, a revolver in his hand and a, and a bottle of Xanax in his outer hand. Uh, it, yeah. It took me a little while to realize that, you know, vanities are about original art. You kind of got away from fan art that I feel is really popular on Instagram. Like Instagram really kind of pumps the fan art. But from there, I just started working on smaller projects. I kind of explained to people that my focus was art. Excuse me. Uh, I don't develop. I don't code. I don't want to code. And I want to draw pictures for you. And and I kept working that angle. I, I had um, uh, one project that was based on like Dungeons and Dragons RPG characters. But the idea was, it's called uh, RPG NPC. But the idea is they're NPCs, non-playable characters, because I'm not making a game and you can't really play with them. And if it's kind of like a community-based art experience where if you got some characters, I would draw them, like you could enter like a, a shuffle or a raffle to have your character like featured in a, uh, like a cop, like it kind of looked like a Final Fantasy boss fight where you're like, you had the bad guy over here, and you had like one, two, three, four characters over here, and I kind of draw like swinging axes and, and just, and it like drew uh, out a fight scene with your character. It was like a custom piece of artwork with your character. And that, that did all right. That did well. It was supported by the community. Everything sold out, and every everything offered was always, always purchased. And, but it, it didn't really, like hit the, I guess, saturation of popularity or really secondary action that I would have liked to have seen for holders for it to have been like a real popular so. project. And so like I kind of looked at it. I was drawing full body characters that weren't working well as PFPs. Uh, I was doing high fantasy stuff like, you know, wizards and that's a pretty niche subject in its own. You see any high fantasy movies outside of Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. 
they're kind of like in the the sea level popularity range, as opposed, you know, like the Marvel AAA big big stuff. So I was a little bit frustrated, uh, a little bit not sure what to do, and then the community experienced a major rug. Uh, this project called Goofy was out. Um, it had stolen a character from Cartoon Network and the artist got a cease and desist. He tried to like oh, wow. defend himself by saying like, I drew all the hats myself. <laughs> like it took us far too long to figure that one out. Just yeah. Like, just yeah, everything like else copy. you don't, right. You don't own the character, but you drew the hat. And so, like, people had dumped money into this. This was profile pictures all over the place. People liked it. People were buying, rebuying, selling goofy or goofies. And then it all, you know, bottomed out to zero, like, real quickly. Wow. Uh, and I said, I said to myself, I was like, this is what people want? This, I mean, it was a stupid looking character. It's very simple. It was uh, almost just a, almost a rectangle with eyes. So I said, I could make a rectangle with eyes. And so I made an original character in the same stupid vein as this. And I offered the community, uh, I would trade their Goofy for one of my one-of-one handmade original pieces. I named it Doofy. It was directly uh, making fun of the you know previous rug. And from there, Doofy grew just out of just being a, a making fun of goofy into being kind of like I, I compare it to like a mad magazine cover so like whatever's going on at the time i'm gonna try to like convey that with doofy like tell you like he's been uh price charts or like you know hitting the floor it, I, he's been parroting jojo's project uh mingo which is one you know it's i've parodied all the popular best projects. I've parodied rugs when they happen. Uh, it's just kind of like a social commentary now, and it grew, it became popular, and people loved Doofy. Uh, like it was, I had a, I had a great time with it. I even, I even killed Doofy at one point. Put it, uh, started releasing tombstones. Uh, people were sad. It was the first time I'd ever seen people sad and NFT collection ended because usually it's like oh my god and we find out where this person lives and we track them down we'll beat them with sticks like yeah get that they took our money they sold us jpegs let's let's go find this guy and so i killed doofy and people were like no doofy's forever we can't we can't she had killed doofy and three days later i released doofy with three o's instead of two <laughs> Too much, too much celebration. People were happy. He's alive. Yeah. So uh, I ended the first series at 360. Uh, I felt Doofy had come full circle uh, and surprised people with this new character, Doofy. And uh, Doofy's been very popular, and I kind of released them in batches. And they're all handmade because, like, I, it's tough to have a regular drop schedule with Doofy, just kind of how the nature of like following along with our what's going on with our community, seeing what our like the CEOs do it. Like the CEO follows me, and I make fun of the CEO, and the CEO still follows me, which I'm surprised. 
I'm like, I don't do anything. It's not like malicious or vicious. I'm not like out to personally attended by answer here and there. Yeah. But like, you know, if the corpo, the corpo overlord said something really out of touch, it's really easy to be like, what about the little people down here actually using the blockchain? Hello. Like, but, uh, luckily from there after about, I don't over probably close to 700 handmade doofies. I got to a point where the community just likes my art. And now I release like about four pieces of, or four pieces of art that I've drawn, uh, almost whenever I, I, I want a good, when I, when I'm in the, in the zone, it's like every three or four days I'll release four pieces of art, uh, in my discord. I have like a little giveaway bot where it says, this is, this is not a giveaway. This is a chance to uh, buy one of the four pieces that I'm, I'm dropping. And then I do a shuffle and people buy it. And that right there, I feel like is the ultimate answer to the problem where I started. I didn't have an audience. I wanted to make art. It was previously not being seen on Instagram regarding a sketchbook to sit on the shelf. And so now I have an audience. Now I have collectors. Now I have people who are excited to see what I'm making next. And as an artist, it took a while to get to that point, but I don't know. I mean, I could sell them for more money, but that, I mean, if that's not, that had, like, money is great. Money is a bonus. Like, I want my time to be respected, but like, the this is, I would not be doing this if I had to eat. It, like, I don't know. Like I could not, I don't think this is quite the space like to go full time. And like, if you're going to try to feed your family, well, I, yeah, but is. like, right. Or not, uh, but for an artist making a few pieces of art and selling them for a reasonable price, it's working out pretty well. It's like a passion project for yourself. Right. Right. Exactly. And as long as you're happy with it's, it, that's all that really matters at the end of the day. Yeah, like I am having fun and I, because I'm creating whatever I want and yeah. people still like it. And that is something I'm very thankful for. That's, that's amazing. And, I think that's awesome. I, I really feel as if you've turned, you know, some negatives into positives and you found the way to do that and grasp that audience through, say, rug projects or making parody pieces of other, you know, collections within the ecosystem itself and really just bring all the communities together through your art itself. I think that's a really cool way of, you know, getting the rest of the community engaged in what you have to offer and as well as building your own community of people who support the work that you provide to the ecosystem itself. And so I think the strategy and the approach behind where you went with creating your art is a really smart one because of how you're able to really hone in your own audience after the fact of creating these pieces that at the end of the day, we're just fun and games for you. Yeah, thank you. And one thing I felt, or I feel like the NFT space in general is you are, I mean, with Twitter and social media and how it all works, like you can yell directly at the creator. You can, yeah. it, it can be a one-on-one -on -one personal experience. And I, I love making people laugh. And so to have my voice and my satire work with my art i think that was also a real big part of it being successful i think me being able to 
because before with the like RPG characters, I I wasn't that was an idea and a, and a project, but I wasn't really able to put my own voice into that. But as soon as Doofy came along, and I could just I used it kind of like as a Mister Potato. I had to make fun of whatever I was, you know, whatever was going on at the time, and like that really resonated, and that that really worked. And another thing with Doofy was that. Uh, I would use it as art studies. There are inspiring artists that are out there doing, you know, non-rock projects. And, uh, and like I saw some doofies, uh, I, I did like basically tribute doofies as opposed to satire doofies. And so people would always get a kick out of like when doofy in himself is kind of basic looking and simple, but like, you know, the next one comes out, I've spent like six hours on it and it like polished it all up and, still gonna sell, sell it for like 15 or 20 bucks but people are like look at that one it looks exactly like that project and people get all excited when it's a lot of fun doofy does it all that's what it seems like does that's it. yeah that is kind of something you know how the simpsons did it simpsons did it i've i've kind of taken that approach with doofy like doofy did it already <laughs> possibilities are endless at that point whenever you open yourself yeah. to all the doors that are available it's been it's been a NF, the NFT space and the Algorand NFT space has been like the single best thing for my illustrations and my art period in my thirty six years or so on the planet. So, I mean, there there are negatives to it. There there are you know nothing. It's not a thousand percent perfect right now. We're talking to the bear market squeeze. Every all of the people who are on the fence about crypto are. Like, I don't know if I'm playing with crypto right now. So we're waiting for all those people to calm down. Definitely. And I also feel as if uh, the light is bright at the end of the tunnel right now, especially with the Ripple lawsuit coming to a close, XRP not being deemed a security. And that's really shedding, you know, a bright future ahead for the whole entire crypto space as a whole, I think. You know, the tokens that deserve real regulatory clarity, like Hedera, like Algorand, like Cardano and some other t- tokens as well. Those are the tokens that will last and they'll eventually get their regulatory clarity within the states and then we will eventually see that bull run. But I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I, I think it'll come sooner than later. It's just a matter of But that would be I I agree. That's my blind speculation in the future that America swings back the other way with some with some regulating. It's just a matter of and then that brings a whole lot of money back in. Yeah, yeah. It's really just a matter of getting it, you know, outside of the money maker's hands. You got to bring it to the court system. You got to bring it in front of, you know, the judges because the judges are the ones, in most cases, with the most optimistic. Uh, they're able to see all points of views. They're not necessarily honing in on one or they're not manipulated by one entity. It's kind of like, you know, they have to give everybody the benefit of the doubt at the end of the day and play the books as they play out. And yeah, that's that's really what I feel as if will eventually happen, but it's a matter of time. To watch Gary Gensler actually shill and promote Algorand years before having to like flip on it, like that, it seems weird for a, a professor who taught, you know, cryptography to, to well know and and talk about it and promote it and then all of a sudden just be like uh no never mind i walk it all back 
he got paid you know, yeah, yeah, it, it seems like a real about face, but yeah. Jojo, I'd love to hear a little more about your story as an individual. Yeah, and you know yeah, your so, journey as an artist. So um, when I was younger, uh, my dad was uh, he was an oil painter, uh, so he he was a factory worker, but on his spare time he would oil paint, and I was really really good. Entered in some competitions in the area and placed in a couple of them, and I have. Uh, a couple of his pieces still. Uh, most of them are around his house or at his place, but I have a couple here. Um, so I'm going to be you know, getting those all reframed and and stuff like that. Um, so I was exposed to art very early uh, as a form of expression. He did a lot of landscape uh, stuff, um, so I would see how he would take a picture and you know grid it up and then break it all down and and able to do stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like he did it all freehand and it was, it was awesome to see, um, in high school, uh, was when I really started to focus on some things, uh, part of the art program. Um, I really liked photography and I helped, uh, develop the, um, the photo lab there, the black room. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, had one of his old cameras and, you know, with the, how it would develop the film, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, really, you know, granular, all that. And, and it was, it was awesome. Um, and I was actually, my art teacher, uh, helped me put a portfolio together and I submitted that to, uh, one of the local art schools and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we're talking, you know, late nineties when, when, uh, living as an artist was kind of maybe not so much the best thing and, 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 you know, not something that you could probably earn a living on. Um, so decided to go a different route, uh, which I'm, you know, is kind of where I, I am right now in the financial world. Uh, but yeah, I always doodled and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and was, uh, you know, didn't really do stuff for about 20 years or so. Uh, just kind of a little bit of doodling here and there. Um, and then, um, I found, um, Coinbase. Uh, I put 20 bucks in a Coinbase one day, uh, which is funny because, so I actually worked for one of the big banks and, uh, a bunch of us were at a conference and they were talking about how, you know, cryptocurrencies are evil and this is something that's not regulated and, you know, we can't do all this kind of stuff. So here I am opening a crypto account on Coinbase, <laughs> literally as they say it. And, uh, and I put 20 bucks in and didn't really think about it for maybe a year, year and a half came back and it was worth like 400 something bucks. And I'm like, what the hell? Right. Because this was like early and then it spiked and it was like, oh my God. Early. Yeah. Thank God he didn't bite. Right. Um, and so I was going through Coinbase, going through all the stuff and like buddy man said, they paid me five bucks or whatever it was to learn about the different blockchains. And so I learned about Algorand. And so I, you know, I, I did all that kind of stuff and got my, you know, my algo. And then I, I went on to, uh, um, I found, uh, a pair, the para wallet by extension and, and moved it over there. Found yieldly. Uh, Yieldy was a big thing in in the algo world for for a while there. <laughs> you can see Buddy's face there. So they there that there was a parody there. 
<laughs> Very much so. Um, so yeah, I was in that. And then I saw on there that you could go into NFT uh, uh, lotteries. Uh, so then the path just kind of followed through. I looked at some of the projects. And- Almost forgot about it. And then I, uh, you know, then created a, a separate Twitter account and started following these big different uh, uh, Twitter uh, projects on Twitter and then um, got into the Discord and stuff like that and started to really understand what was going on and thought, you know what, I mean, this is something that that I could do. I, 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 I can doodle. I can figure this stuff out. And so I just I just did it. And JoJo was a character that. I had been doodling since I was in high school. And so I, uh, I got, you know, the, the drawing pad and all that kind of stuff and just started doing it. You see some of my early ones that are out there, are, you know, not quite as crisp as they are now. And I remember even reaching out to buddy and buddy was, was talking about, you know, well, you just, is practice. Right. And then you, you know, your lines get nicer, everything gets nicer. And, and so, yeah, it was just building on that. And, all I've been trying to do since is just build, 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 get my lines crisper, get every, the picture, get all of the whole scene better. Um, you know, uh, just going through the time and, and I like, uh, one of the things that I like to do is I'm always trying to collab with other creators. I've done a doofy. Um, I've done, I've created with a lot of the, the various creators in the space trying to, and, and really, all I'm trying to do with with Jojo and with Mike, the community that I've created, is try to help others. Um, I I don't take any of the profits out. I, I wouldn't call them profits. I just re-put them back in. Uh, do lots of lots of giveaways, lots of different things. I've been very very fortunate in this space. Uh, every time I I I sell one thing, it blows my mind that someone wants you know is is there to do it. Um, and yeah, I'm just trying to bring positivity to a space that doesn't seem to have it 95% of the time and just trying to, you know, make people smile. And, uh, you know, Jojo is, a, a you know, I use lots of bright colors, lots of, uh, big, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff and rainbows and sunshine, right? But- Jojo was the first thing Doofy ever parody. That's right. That's right. First, the first other character. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was it was it was a moment that was important for that to continue. Yeah. So he tweeted, I would love to see what you do with Jojo. And in that moment I was like, okay, let's do it. And yeah. Well, there, that tweet is immortalized in that NFT that he made. It's in the background. Yeah. The top right, you can kind of see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, it's just that kind of thing, right? Like and 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 the major thing that I try to do is just community build because I, I feel like there's so many talented people out there um, and I just try to bring light to that and there's so many amazing people and I just, I, I try to keep us all together and, and try to help where I can. I, you know, people need advice or what have you. I've had lots of individuals come up to me and, and reach out and say, you know, like, what, what do you think about this? And, you know, is this something that you, you could see being, you know, successful or, or something that, you know, art that would work. And, and that's what I try to do. I try to bring, um, you know, uh, my, my helpfulness that way. Um, 
because algo like uh buddy said algo has provided me with an outlet that i never would have had before um crazy awesome support system uh, when jojo really took off uh is shortly after i had a major concussion um i uh i ended up with a brain bleed all that kind of good stuff um and so i literally had to relearn all of the the the, the day-to-day faculties like i uh Dang. yeah like it was it was pretty bad like i was unconscious for seven hours uh woke up in hospital no idea where i was um but i had to and it's funny because it, well not funny but like you know even talking to some people uh after the fact and they were like you know when we would talk to you five, six months after, you know, you had a stutter, you, you would mix up words and stuff like that. I had no idea because I had to learn, relearn how to get things from here to here and just kind of, you know, and I had like tunnel vision, like I couldn't, I had to expand my, my source of, uh, my peripheral vision, like, like just relearning how to, how to get my, my, you know, the drawing back and stuff like that. So it was a, it was a while, but like, yeah, I, uh, I wouldn't have done like like Jojo helped me get through though that moment in my life um because it let me not sit in front of the like I couldn't watch TV but not sit there do nothing like I had to relearn and I had to redo all this kind of stuff and it helped me use those parts of the brain that I wasn't using you know just by doing day-to-day regular stuff so um, oh, man that is awesome yeah yeah so hard to see where you've been in and from yeah. you know you're talking about the past and what it used to be like and now being able to speak to you now i can definitely tell you know a complete difference and i'm so happy to see you the way you are today well it's crazy because like so when i got back to work i was off work for about a month and then i started incrementally going back uh you know two hours one week to you know the stretch out to four or six and then back to regular time and the manager that i had was someone that i had come up with and and like so so I had known him for, you know, 12 years or so. And he said, and so he was really, really helpful, really, really good, really patient with me. Um, Cause I have like a client facing role. Right. Um, and he said like, when you first came back, you weren't the regular person that I knew you were because I couldn't like you, you were trying to get things out, but you couldn't get them out. Right. So like the day-to-day speaking, like if I was talking like, Hey, how's it going? That sort of stuff was great. But once I started to get into things that like memory, you needed to use the right, like, like work jargon stuff like that, I couldn't get it out. And I would think that I was like talking like this, but really it was like this, like I was all over the place. So it took some time. Right. But Hey, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, you, you, you take for granted what was before. And so with Jojo, that moment, that time that I used, I used it on this to grow the collection, grow that, relearn a lot of stuff. And, um, and yeah, so I'm just, I'm very thankful. And that's why I just try to do everything that I can to support the community, help the community and do, you know, all that kind of stuff. Amazing. I know you spoke a little bit about, you know, community building and I'd love to ask yeah. you now, like, how do you find, you know, the best approach for anybody trying to start their own community on, you know, grasping their own audience and building out their very own community like what's the best approach in your eyes yeah so so the one thing that that um 
that is tough. And especially in this space, right? Like you have so many people that come in and they go, I got this, you know, 2000 piece collection that I'm going to put out there. You know, it's going to be, you know, 20 bucks in a JPEG and, you know, have at it. We've been rugged so much, not even just in Algorand, but everywhere has been rugged so much. It's just, you can't do it, right? Buddy, you're on mute. People just give up. Yeah, that's yeah like, I don't like, know if, like, they might have been a rug, but they're like, oh, well, we just didn't sell anything this week. I guess we just got to delete ourselves from the internet. You got to be present, right? And 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 my my suggestion would be is you got to know the community, right? Like, you know. Know your audience. Said, yeah. yeah, and Buddy said it earlier, like, people want to support people, right? Like, I if, if you... You might have the greatest art and, you know, there's been a couple out there and one that Buddy's buried a lot. For example, the emus, right? <laughs> they had some, but, but that's- They run in five days. They run in five days. I have it written on their tombstone. They, they, they dropped like a crazy amount of stuff. The art looked cool. It looked cool, right? I don't even know if it was ripped off art or not. Like maybe it was, I don't know. But it looked. They had a trait that was vector tattoos that they took from. That's what it was, right? Whatever. And it wasn't even on all of them. It was maybe on like twenty of them. Yeah, everything else was fine, right? But they didn't build. They didn't. They didn't show up. They didn't say, "Hey, how's it going?" They didn't participate, right? Like they they went out there. They asked for your money. People gave them their money, and then they jetted. They were out. And, and community building, like if you're, you know, if you don't have a project manager, some people do, some people don't, I don't, it's just me. I'm a one man show, but it's just being out there, being available, you know, answering questions. Uh, people come on discord and they, you know, I just got, I just picked up a Jojo. Awesome. Have you, you know, this is, you know, I'll show you around. This is what you can do. This is where we can go. You know, this is what my plans are. This is you know, download the token and all that kind of stuff. This is the airdrops. These are the giveaways, right? Like it's, you got to be present, right? And, and, and I, similar to buddy, I release when I can, I, I've gone two months without releasing something or I'll release a whole bunch of pieces within a, a sh- certain period of time. Um, I didn't draw anything for, uh, the month of June. I did. I, I, I looked at my, my files and I didn't have one thing drawn for the month of June. Right. But no one says anything. They just say, Oh, it's a rug. You know what? Right. Because, and, and, and it's because I'm there. I'm doing stuff. I'm on Twitter. I'm not on as much as an else to be on trust. Right. Exactly. Right. So I'm in, I'm active. I'm doing things that I can do. Right. But it's just a matter of you got to be present. And, and right now, what's interesting about community building and you're taught, and, and, and that question to me is because, we kind of seem to be uh, in an industry or, or, you know, community at a crossroad, like there's algo and then there's all these other chains. And it's like, I personally think that, you know, all the chains can coexist, right? Like I think, and we were talking, you know, uh, about XRP and, and, and what's going on there. And, you know, I think that we should be able to bridge and I think we should be able to, you know, Maybe the answer isn't just building on Algo. Maybe it's building on Algo and XRP or Hedera or Cardano or you know, whatever. But 
we got to figure out a way to build that community to to outreach because you know the the joke is there's 20 active users that are buying things on algo right and once those 20 people literally done uh, yeah exactly right once once the 20 people have your things how much more are they gonna get right so it's okay that's what what more can we do right like how can we bring people from one chain to the other and from your chain bring them to there so i think i said once like i want to sell my art i don't want to beg my friends for 20 bucks a week yeah yeah yeah. that's that's a great point and and i'm not here to just be like hey can i have another 20 (laughs) dollars and when i saw your like the profile for what you do and the podcast and i thought this is great right because you mentioned cross chain all these different things and i truly believe that's where we got to go and and so i i felt you know what this is a great opportunity to highlight some of the things that we can do right because we have amazing tech we have amazing artists buddy man's one of them people just don't know who we are i honestly think if a new project were to show up the way would the, the best thing to do be go slow. Don't try to yeah. dump 5,000 multi or 5,000 generating pieces. Like nobody knows you. Why should, why should we give you, you know, 20 bucks times 5,000? And so you can just vanish in the night. Draw me a hundred pieces by hand. Then we'll talk. Like yeah. show me like, are you here for art or are you here to like, boom, money out? Like You got to network first. You have to really not yeah. at the end of the day. You have to know the people in the space that you're dealing with and how they operate and what they want as individuals. Because if you understand what they want, then it's going to be a lot easier to sell them what they want because you know exactly what it is. But uh, I think one thing to really solve, you know, that cross-chain uh, conflict of just some chains not wanting to network with other chains is we need to get one native marketplace or many that have, you know, integration with all various types of cryptos. You know, like what if we had an NFT marketplace, we're able to sell NFTs and it'd be bought in Algorand, HBAR, XRP, Cardano, and then whatever chain you bought it with, it just directly go to that chain. And then it'd be exclusive for that chain. Super wallet too. You need, you need a yeah. super wallet. Yeah. Like, like I know, like, I mean, you just use Coinbase as a model, right? Like you can go in and out of all the different cryptocurrencies in the same spot. Right. But I think a lot of the, a lot of the issue is, is that so many people are protective of their own chain and think that my chain is the best chain. Your chain sucks. Right. Yeah. And even when, when we have, you know, people that, because we went through a bit of a stretch there at Algo where everyone was like, like when Pepe was, we, uh, came up and, and, and it bridged over to Algo and everyone was like, I can't believe they're spending all this eat, all this gas fee and all this kind of stuff. You guys are idiots and all that. Like, no, that's the wrong way to call about it. Why are you calling these people? Like, if I'm calling yeah. you an idiot, why are you going to be like, hey, yeah. yeah, okay, let's listen to you. No, it's, this is what we can do, right? Like, like if you want to spend that mu- that gas fee on, e- on ETH, go ahead do that but we're an alternative that is great right like this is what we get the do. same thing without paying 20 bucks extra yeah <laughs> bring out the welcome wagon be nice right like just yeah that was, i've started to kind of chirp i kind of started to chirp algo people talking to non-algo people like yo you need to calm the swift around like what why are you yelling at somebody telling them their their investment sucks and that they're stupid 
is yeah, like you said, is not going to have them move their money. No. <laughs> People, people are pretty into what that. Yeah, people are in no way invested. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you can still do that stuff, but you can do it much cheaper, right? Like, like we're a discount brand, you know. Like, you can do that stuff, but you can just do it and save some pennies. So, so turn those pennies into Pepe. There you go, right? But, but that's that's that, yeah. So I think, I think once. We, we really need to learn how to coexist with other chains and other chains need to learn how to coexist with us. And, and until you can do that kind of thing. And I, I spent a lot of time over the last three or four months to really kind of understand, you know, some of the different chains, some of the, what's going on, the vibes and just stuff like that, because, you know, just make some friends outside of my community, right? Because that's the only way that we're going to succeed is advertising. It's all that kind of good stuff. Um, you know, because if, if, if we're just centered and, you know, it's just the same 12 friends that are buying from the same 12 people all the time, that there's just nothing's going to happen. There's no growing. It's same. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And, and I don't think we'll ever get the, the volume and I don't think there's any other, um, you know, any of the, the small chains will never get the ETH growth and stuff like that. But what we might be able to do is get the attention of some of those big collect, big projects and show them that, you know what, if you bridge here, you can do this for much cheaper, more money in your wallet, and then we'll start to win. That's a great point. So for both of you guys' collections that you guys have curated, are they just art-based? And then you provide, you know, hints of additional value down the line as you find necessary or as, as you network and build more relationships? Or how does, you know, the collection, is it, I'm, yeah, is it really just art-based? So for for both Doofies, I uh, while yes they're art based, I've also partnered with other projects that are utility tokens. So now Doofy is part of the Gecko Fam ecosystem, where you earn the Gecko Fam uh, token. You can participate in raffles and giveaways. Uh, they have two different like I think it's like a cup game kind of deal uh, that you can play in Discord, uh, and so. But in addition to that, I for the first Doofy series, I put uh, a hidden message in uh, eight different pieces and had kind of like a puzzle with uh, a riddle and uh, gave uh, whoever solved it uh, Doofy 100. And uh, in the Doofy second series, or the first series, I, I told everyone, I drew every single pixel on this thing. There's no... There's no stock photo tattoos. There's no tracing. I drew all of this. So for when the second Doofy series came out, I dropped 200 pieces after about three or four months and sold them all and minted them as ARC-19, which was mutable, like you could change the image. And I said, oh yeah, there's like 30 of those I didn't draw, but I think some of the other artists in the community might have drawn. So there was like this kind of like scavenger hunt. I had 30, I put 30 uh, collaboration pieces into the series, signed them myself as if I did it because <laughs> I signed all my artwork. And if, if they didn't have signatures, it would have been like, that's the one you didn't draw. But, so, but I could change it with the ARC-19 that I still need to do. But it was, people were like, wait, this... Oh, like, so people just started kind of like trying to identify the different artists and 
it was kind of another like mini game uh, after release. My Discord was blowing up with people trying to find and spot all the uh, all the I was calling them uh, clones or uh, the say yeah. Yeah, I, because I, I Doofy, watch. yeah, because Doofy before was doing, you know, all the I was making all the fake Doofies, knockoff bootlegs, their projects. So I had to make fake Doofies and slip them in the uh, in the drop. Not do a lot of fun with that. Yeah, right. so that I, I went, I actually went out and got the one that I did, and it's sitting in my wallet because I'm like, I, I I thought it was amazing, and and you know that I have my art in that collection. And I'm like, nah, I want it back. So I went out and got it back. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's loving it. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's it is all art, but I do uh, I do try to put in some of the extra NFT uh, jazz on top. It's not it's nowhere near as complex as some other other projects like websites dedicated to like quests and and games and stuff like that. But I, I try to to sprinkle in some NFT exclusive functionality. That's good. I think that's a smart approach, especially for just being an artist and not necessarily wanting to focus on all the technical sides of things when growing an NFT project or an NFT collection. Uh, it's nice to be able to collaborate with people who already have the experience and already are focused on the other aspects that could be involved in an NFT project. And having those outlets can also help, you know, progress and grow your project to a whole another level besides just being art. So it's nice to be able to utilize those, you know, those, I guess you'd say those relationships that you have built and, you know, grow your network. I think, I think networking and, and meeting other creators is probably one of, and collaboration in general is probably one of the most valuable aspects. Definitely. And have space. Yeah. Yeah, for JoJo, I uh, I do have a token uh, that I airdrop. Um, more or less, I, I created that uh, just because like it's just something that that I wanted to experience. Um, and I started doing some raffles uh, on, that are hosted on uh, Project Raven. Um, and then I uh, yeah, I mean, I give away like right today. I'm gonna have I I, I did a snapshot. Of all my holders, and I'm doing a, a whitelist giveaway um, for some, you know, one-on-one pieces uh, that I've been doing over the weekend for everyone. Just some uh, 16 by 16 pixel pieces uh, that are are pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I, I do a lot of a lot of giveaways in, in terms of uh, art and stuff like that that I've done. Um, and I would eventually like to understand more of the coding part of it, do some of that kind of stuff. Uh, just because I think it's it's fun and it's something that that I do have interest in, um, but yeah, I mean with with my utility <laughs> with my utility, like I, I I I say right off the bat, like I'm not promising anything. This is what I'm trying. It may not really go anywhere, and everyone understands I'm a one man show, and this is just me. Uh, and you know. I, I, I have a full-time job. I got three kids. I got a lot going on and I do what I can when I can. Uh, but, but yeah, like it's just, it's just something that I'm going to continue to try to bring value and, and only because I genuinely like it. It's, it's not anything that I'm like, Oh my God, like I have to do this because other collections are doing this. And you know, these developers are all doing that. I'm not trying to overpromise. I'm just trying to deliver what I feel like I want to try at the time. That's a great approach. I think that saves, you know, a lot of stress in the long term with not necessarily 
uh, you know, not necessarily having to, you know, provide anything at the end of the day besides just the art itself. And people only have to buy the art if they're interested in it. There's no extra underlying utility unless you, you know, magically come up with something or provide something down the road. And then that is just kind of a gift, an appreciation gift for supporting you as an artist. And so I think this is a really smart approach because it's not going to, you're not going to be overwhelmed or stressed by, you know, an angry mob of a community that wants to come take you down and your project and find out everything about you. And I mean, we, that, that those uh, things, those people exist. Yeah. We yeah. see people just feeling as if they've been because project founders don't live up to what they say they're going to fulfill. And it's unfortunate, yeah, like, but like, you know, at the end of the day, life happens. You look at some of their, you know, um, what do they call uh, the paths that they want to take, right? Yeah, uh, and you're just like, how the hell are you going to do that? Like that just yeah. shit doesn't make sense. So, yeah, I mean, I don't even have one because, like, I tried at the beginning, and I'm like, I can't even like, like I I, I thought that I'd be able to put out you know ten new pieces every two weeks. I couldn't even I couldn't even live up to that. So I'm like, forget it. I just deleted. Yeah. I thought, you know what? No, like this is just it's just going to be it's me. And what I can do new new stuff, I'm going to put an announcement out and be like, hey, got some stuff coming out. Boom, there you go, right? So, yeah, and if I make mistakes, I own it and say, yeah, that didn't work. That was that was a bad idea. Didn't work. At least I'm dry. Again, or I'm going to do it when I can, you know, figure out how to and then, re, you know, and then make it right. But, yeah, I'm not going to. I'm still chasing down and buying back a mistake. Yeah, yeah, and I had one of those, and I sent it back to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nothing but confusion for the project, right? You do so, in your future, though, Jojo. At the end of the day, although you might not necessarily have that clear vision of what it's going to be, but the future simply is, you know, putting one foot in front of the other. In my eyes, you know, yeah, just continuing to make progress. At the end of the day, I think you know, one percent, one percent every day is the right amount of growth to succeed long term. You can't overwhelm yourself and try to force too much at once because when you do that in a lot of cases it really just sets you back two three extra steps because you're trying to do too many things at once but i think you know one percent a day is the right amount of growth to succeed yeah no zero days yeah no zero days <laughs> maybe a half a percent but no zero there you go yeah yeah <laughs> nice so i mean one of my last questions for you guys it's been a really fun show so far, and uh, I just want to know from, you know, both of you being artists, do you believe that, you know, everything is art at the end of the day? Or what are your thoughts on that? Because I kind of, me personally, I'm a firm believer that, you know, regardless of what it may be, it could be, you know, something stupid like a rock on the side of the road or, you know, dirt that's being shoveled or something like very, very vain. But I, I believe that everything is art in my eyes. It's, it's funny because I don't consider myself an artist and, 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 and I, and I never, and I don't think I ever will. Uh, and I think it's a matter of perception. Like when I think of artists, I think of some guy in France with a beret, you know, <laughs> he's, he's sitting there drawing some sort of uh, Van Gogh piece or something like that. No, but, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's just an appreciation, right? Like I appreciate what other people are doing. Um, and earlier in the show mentioned, like it was mentioned, like, I mean, not even solely, uh, like 
the visual aspect of what someone puts out. Uh, and I have some of that stuff in my wallet, but because I like the person and I appreciate the person, I appreciate the effort and I appreciate that they took the time to do that and I'm going to support them. Um, and, and yeah, just day to day, like I'm a big fan. Like I love being nature, love all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's just a matter of, I, I would rather, uh, support effort and support good people versus support you know something that looks like it should be worth a million bucks or that i know is gonna moon right but the person's a dick like i like i'd rather support the good people and support those that are trying their hardest to build support others do all that kind of stuff um so yeah i i have an appreciation that way because i know how hard it is and i know how hard some of these people work right but i'm going to stay away from some of these collections that are so visually appealing because they just don't give a shit plain and simple i think as far as like defining art and you know uh taking a picture of a rock i think i think as long as uh the creator you know put intent and and had even if the intent was to be sarcastic and to duct tape a banana to a wall out down like it's 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 supposed to say something and i think the i, I think uh minting an eth rock for for tons of money is hilarious and i would say i'm sure someone screams for the culture when it happened and Uh, I think you know if if a if a creator says it's art, then uh, I'm wagering I would consider it art. But I also think there are uh, very extremely talented artists, and I think there are artists who are just beginning their journey and don't have the experience yet, and are trying just as hard and putting in just as much time. And it took me a little while to appreciate that in the NFT scene because. I don't know. At first, the pricing didn't make sense. Like I, I, I did not understand how like this scribble scratch was making was being sold for one hundred and forty dollars when, like this, really nice portrait, uh, you know, one on one, is being sold for like twenty. Like, I, like, but the scribble scratch is connected to a community, a token, and this thing, and you can build that and have all the extra gizmos. So there's like a, a, it's a weird intersection of science projects that meet art, that meet finance and, and business. And like NFTs are almost like investing, like buying a stock in a, in a creator. It's the point. Art, like art in this space is, is very different. Like when I first got here there, I was in a space, a Twitter space where somebody was we are experiencing an art renaissance right now. I mean, I think pie in the sky NFTs being able to to deliver digital, like verified digital content to be sold. I think that is kind of revolutionary for us. Uh, and but as far as art goes, I, I'm pretty open and accepting to even the bullshit. As long as there's an underlying like, in it. 
yeah, you like there's some funny good bullshit out there. And like it can be well done. Like I've had someone tell me this is a compliment, but you are really good at making some stupid things. And like like I've said, I've never laughed more at my own work than while I was drawing a doofy. And I figure if I laugh at it, someone else might. So I'm a pretty open man, accepting to what art is. Uh, I I am not super accepting about what I would throw a lot of money at. Yeah. How about how about that? I'm not. That makes sense. I'm not really big into like I painted this canvas a specific color of yellow. <laughs> Cool. They mixed that yellow paint with mustard and then called it a new color of yellow. Right. I'm not paying a thousand dollars to that. I don't care who it's by. Like, yeah, of course. Like the art, the art that resonates with me is the art that it inspires me to create more. Like if I see a piece and I'm like, oh my god, how did they do that? I, I wish I could do that. I want to try to do that. Like that's that's art that gets me hyped. Nice. I think that's awesome. And that's really my last question for you both. And I appreciate you both taking the time today. If there's any, you know, if there's any remainder, you know, comments or questions you may have for me, by all means, now would be the time to ask. And I appreciate you both once again. Uh, would you be interested in us uh, sending you some art? I don't know how your uh, the format work uh, works, but uh, you can add. I could send yeah. you some JPEGs if you ever want to like throw them up in the podcast. Yeah, I can do that. That'd be great. Cool. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't doofed on the bank, uh, on the banana duct tape to the, to the wall. Amazing. All right. Awesome. Yeah. We can definitely get some of those pieces up on this podcast, but if there's nothing left, I'll, I'd love to be able to close this out. I'd, I appreciate you both. Once again, buddy, man, and Jojo, thank you. For thank you for having me. Of course, yeah, this is awesome. I'd love to, you know, dive into more Algorand projects and creators building on Algo. Uh, I, oh, I will say, now is the time to invest in Algorand NFTs. One, because they're super cheap, and two, the people here are not going anywhere. We're, we're about like we have the hard, we have the hardcore big projects left, and anyone building now is is like a diamond in the rough. <laughs> I will keep that in mind. And after this podcast, let me know some other projects I should, you know, onboard to the podcast and host them as well. Absolutely. For sure. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, this has been the Alt Kings podcast, and we will see you all next episode. Peace. Peace.